Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ray's Music Reviews. Today we are talking about um, Queen's A Night at the Opera. We are joined by... KP! And... Jared! Nice. Yeah. Match me. Yes. Um, I, I'm, With my soprano. I'm pretty sure you know who Queen is. Um, like the show? There's a show called Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Queen's Night at the Opera, 1975. Uh, yeah, it's... Supposedly, they were broke when this album... Brian May said they were broke when this album got released, which harkens to the first song on the record. We'll get to that. Yeah, because the, the first song, it really did surprise me. It kind of came out the gate really swinging. <laughs> I was blown away. I was like, I never heard such a mean Queen song. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You were going to say, Ray... Um, this is probably their most popular album, mainly because it's the one with Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I, I looked it up, and evidently, if you don't count their greatest hits, it is their second best-selling album. The first being, uh, oh shoot, I don't remember the Brave name. Brave New one. World or whatever? Yeah, yeah. yeah our, like our, that. The uh, one with We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions? Yeah, yeah the you one have with like, both, the robot right? on the cover. Uh, this is probably, this is, this is probably the most acclaimed album. Don't you have say that? Don't you have both in vinyl? Uh, I think so. Perhaps I, I believe you do have both in vinyl because the robot's on the front of the other one. Uh, That's in your room. Okay. We get our vinyl at uh. Okay. Revolver Records, Twelfth Avenue, Pensacola, Florida. What were we saying? Right? Look at that segue. <laughs> Man, just really cramming it in there, huh? Yeah, got it all in. We're only um, one minute fifty three seconds into this sucker. Um, I I don't really know what else to say about this album. Cause it, is that a rap? That's a rap. Yeah, I, that's yeah. a rap. Uh, I rated so. um somewhere around a three. Infinity. Three out of three. I rated infinity. No, again, remember last week? I don't I don't give it an out of. I just give you a number, and you can decide <laughs> what it's out of. So if you hated it, you know. You gave it a three out of three. I like it. If I liked it, yeah, three out of three. If you hated it, it was a three out of ten. <laughs> it's up to you. Let's talk about the album. First song, <laughs> Death on Two Legs. Uh, evidently, the song is about their old manager. I think his name was like Norman Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a quote from Fred, uh, Freddie Mercury uh, on there that says that uh, Brian Mays always... It's so vindictive that Brian Mays felt bad playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, dude, I, like, he smokes him uh, just just repeatedly in this song. Again, I didn't really know Queen could have such such intense vitriol. But, like, we were talking about earlier, uh, when he needs to bring it, he absolutely can bring it. He's, that level of intensity. He stated, and I don't know if this is true, but he said that his throat actually bled during the recordings of this. He was so, like growling so much into the screaming of what he was saying here which is uh, awful when you think about it but it, it is um i mean look at look it at is a lyrics. ferocious song do you feel like suicide and then in parentheses i think you should <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh a dog with disease you're the king of the sleaze uh you're a sewer rat decaying in a cesspool of pride right Unreal. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he hated that guy. Yuck. Now going back, piggybacking on, on we got when we get rid of that manager who somehow or another they have hit records and they are broke. They get this new manager who was also uh, 
Elton's manager, John John Reed, who told them, don't worry about the money, go into studio, do your art. And they come out with the most expensive record ever made to that point. So don't worry about the money is important here, right? Absolutely. And Freddie writes this first tune, and then he writes the second tune, Lazy on a Sunday Afternoon. What a difference in this man's ability to write correct the whiplash i got from from it just being angry it, like literally the last right. line's like oh feel good and then immediately the next song is venomous punk yeah. heavy rock song and then we go straight to vaudeville i love the vaudeville <laughs> that song like it's so perfect and it's, then after that into i'm in love with my car again which <laughs> the rest of the album is it's like so sweet and such a, like a, a throwback to like ragtime vaudeville and then you're my best friend which is like the sweetest song ever right? made but is it <laughs> I know that it's so funny <laughs> I know that I'm in love with my car is supposed and that's um, written by the drummer sung by the drummer Roger Taylor I know that it's supposed to be semi true that he had bought a car he liked but doesn't it feel really toxically masculine compared yeah. to what we just heard which I think is on purpose, and then they take us into what you said the next song is, You're My Best Friend, friend. written by the bass player. Which, again, this is the beauty of this record is you have both Freddie, who can write completely different styles of music, Mm -hmm. but also everybody in the band can write its own song. Mm -hmm. Because the bass player's take on love is not... Freddie gives you his take on love later, right? And what he's going through in his relationships. This is beautiful. You're My Best Friend is one of the most over-the-top, sweet, everything-is-hunky-dory songs that's ever been made. And Freddie can do that vocally. He don't feel like that about love right now. You know what I mean? But he's able to do that here, which is which is really wonderful, right? 30, 1939, Brian May is writes this song, and it's uh, it's about like interplanetary stuff. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and I like you like that song. Yeah, yeah. It's it's spacey, but a lot of the songs are about connections, and and it most of them are again very sweet. Right. It's right. like you get all the vitriol and hatred in the album out in the first song, and then the rest of it is just pleasant. Yeah. Now then Brian writes "Sweet Lady," and again it's a second percept, second take on love, right, from a second person. You know, and it, and it's completely different as well from "Best Friend" and. Later on, love of my life, right? I, I find this album to just be completely fascinating. And then we go into rag talk, ragtime, where um, rag. Hmm? Well, Seaside Rendezvous. Seaside oh, Rendezvous sorry. is a ragtime song yeah. written by Freddie, and it is a probably did, my favorite song on the album. Is it, dude? Did you realize that's all voices? Yeah, I, I saw. Did that, that and stun I was like, you? There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> But dude, I mean, again, we were talking earlier about the the concert for Freddie, uh-huh. where they had to, in order to play his songs and sing his songs, they had to get like ten different people. Yeah, Robert Plant sings one song, a uh, crazy little thing called Love, and then you have uh, David Bowie sing, sings a song with uh, Annie Lennox and, and Axel, and it takes two people to do Bohemian Rhapsody, Elton and Axel. Yeah, it's crazy. Completely different singers. Like there are no singers further apart than those two people but freddie does it by himself his voice is is just unreal unreal Ugh. i've got goosebumps just talking about it. i know because it's so good oh, speaking man. speaking about uh bohemian rhapsody how do we feel about the closer bohemian rhapsody i don't 
Uh, the closer was God Save the Queen. <laughs> it wasn't very. It, it, it was kind of this. No, it's a very. Sh- it's like a one minute instrumental <laughs> that's mostly just God Save the Queen. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody is yeah. an amazing, amazing I mean, song. Classic. Classic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. It takes you to many different places. It takes you highs and lows and everywhere in between. It's, it's a roller coaster of a song. And the way these gentlemen are able to layer their vo- their vocals. Oh yeah, that's. I think that's probably the most incredible part is just that, right? Where it's just so intense. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, favorite and least favorite. I don't really think I can pick a least favorite. I like pretty much all the songs. Like the baseline songs are all fun to listen to. Again, when I was listening to it for the first time. There was a period a couple songs in where I just I would felt like I didn't almost didn't even need to pay attention because I was just vibing. I was just like, yes, yes, absolutely. So I, I don't think I can pick a least favorite. I no. think Seaside Rendezvous was my favorite though. Um I, I I'm probably gonna go with generic Bohemian Rhapsody, but that's only because somehow throughout six how how long is Bohemian Rhapsody? I think it's like, it's like six, six, seven minutes. Yeah. It's not like overly long. But it's also you know every word. Oh, you, yeah, you can shoot. you can you can sing the the uh, guitar solo. Literally, <laughs> you can. And and even though I, I've kind of been a little more tired of Bohemian Rhapsody in recent years, just because I've heard it ten thousand times. Right. That does not stop me from getting into it and emoting, even when right. I'm doing something else. When I'm listening to it, I do the Galileo, Galileo. Right. I, I do right, it. Right, right. I emote. I or, have to. Or the rant at the end where yes. he's venomous. Yeah, right? Right. Um, I, I, I just, I have to. My body is compelled <laughs> to interact of, with the song. Of course. Now, you're filled with determination. Straight. <laughs> I, I probably lean toward the opener or love of my life. Love of My Life is a strange song to me because, to me, it kind of opens up where Freddie was about love and talking about how you had, like, the song after this is Dixieland, and you had a ragtime song, and you had a vaudeville song, and then you had a cushy song, and you had a punk song, and then you had uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which is both uh, an attack song and an operatic song. Yeah. It, it, the, the, the journey they take you on, but with Freddie, in this song, it feels like, I mean, he's obviously upset with her that she is leaving. And as you watch the movie or then you, you, you hear people talk about the way his life was and how he she was in many ways his soulmate, the person he wrote the song about, the, the uh, Mary Austin. And, but by the same token, he was never going to be able to be attracted to her, even though he knew she was right for him. And what that must do to him is crazy. And then for her to probably be able to pick up on the fact that this ain't really going to work before he does. Because to him, what are these dalliances when I can come back to you? But to her, I probably deserve more than that. It's got, it just, there's so much in that song underneath it. And the pain in which he's going through there as he's establishing who he is after kind of, dealing with the, the yeah. times, society, all that stuff that we saw in the movie or whatever is a little overwhelming for me at times, and oh, I, yeah. I really, really dig on that. No, it's great. Dude, um, this record. This record rules. My it's God. just so fun. I think that's the, the strength of Queen is is the being able to take you wherever they go, and right. you are along for the ride. Right. 
whether it be ragtime, vaudeville, uh, epic operatic songs, vitriol, you're mm-hmm. just there. You feel compelled to be there with them. Right. Well, Axel Rose has a quote. Um, when people told me that, I, I'm, I'm probably screwing it up, but when people told me, when I said rock music was art, people told me I was wrong. Queen was my argument. You know what I mean? And, and it that is Queen in so many ways. They are everything every type of music every style we could dude roger taylor on one song imitates tubas trumpets and a kazoo and freddie does the other instruments in a jazz band with his mouth with his mouth (laughs) (laughs) dudes like that don't come along every day right right well uh, taylor you don't even think about the the scene in the movie where they're forcing taylor to go up to galileo Right? That's not even the highest note he hits on the record. <laughs> yeah. And he's not the lead singer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and Brian May is one of the great guitarists of all time. And an astrophysicist. Whatever that is. Is yeah, that true? Do you know? Yeah. He's Dr. Brian May. <laughs> what? Did he get a doctorate before or after Queen? Through. Through Queen. Right. Imagine being being you go record songs with Freddie Mercury and Queen, and right. then you go to class. Right, right. How? Ah, they probably let him mail in his things because when you're going to be a sir someday, they might be lenient with some of that. On the other <laughs> hand, too, it's not like he's a doctorate of music and they just handed it to him. You know what I mean? He had to I go get you, that. I think you can get those, right? Like, they've handed out doctorates in music to artists, right? Sure. Absolutely. Dude, of course they do, because then they get them to come in and teach a class. Oh, and what do they know about teaching? They don't have to. They do. Because it's the greatest commercial ever to have said famous person on. Oh. It's like, now, get me wrong. Spike's got a degree in film, but Spike Lee works at NYU, right? Of course he does. That's a great move for NYU to have that Shoot, dude walking around. It's like when they when a, a record company hires somebody with Marley as their last name to sit in the hall to sit in an office. It's a good move. If, if he does nothing, you can say yes. Down that hall is Bob Marley's son on the left. Good call. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> so how do you feel about the album overall? Um, overall, I'd give it like a nine or a nine point five. I'm feeling somewhere around there as well. What are you thinking, KP? Infinity. Infinity. Dude, this is... This... The greatest... Or let me rephrase it. Probably the most talented group of musicians and singers we have in rock music history. Hitting on all cylinders and giving you everything they can do all in one album. Yeah. I don't know that... I I can say... Like, how can I not give that a 10? If I'll give something that's three chords and the truth of ten, <laughs> <laughs> the the amount of uh, technical prowess on display, the amount of artistic prowess, it's it's hard to argue that these aren't the willingness giants. to push that envelope as far as it'll go. You know what I mean? And like Brian said, he said we knew we had a hit with Bohemian Rhapsody, so then we just did whatever we wanted. Sure, because yeah. we had the hit wrapped up, right? Next, we are doing Billy Joel's The Stranger, but now it is time to talk about stuff we listened to this week. All right, I'll start because I'm really excited. Uh, I listened to about a a considerable chunk of the Flash Gordon soundtrack. 
Wow. <laughs> Just because it, it popped up next to uh, <laughs> the other album in the Queen thing. So I was like, I... I just love the theme song. <laughs> Flash. Ah, it's Dude, perfect. And some of those, like when you watch that movie, some of those fight scenes out in space where they're just, dude, that, Shoot. come on. Uh, I listened to that. I'll kind of go by uh, like release date. Uh, I listened to David Bowie's Low, which is an interesting album because the first half is pretty much, a, I don't want to say standard Bowie because there's no such thing as standard Bowie. He's another one that was so willing to push envelopes. But then the second half of the album is just like dark ambient. <laughs> nice. The, the flip side, it's it's totally different. You listen to it and you, there's lyrics and again, it's it's more like a standard song. And then after that, it's just dark ambient for the rest of the album. It's weird. Isn't that, I really like it. Isn't that the interesting thing too about some of these legends is how their albums are so different from the greatest hits? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like like David well, Bowie's think, a legend, not because he released fame. It's all that other stuff, all the nuances of, of who he could be. That's what kills me about greatest hits albums. I don't. I think some bands are greatest hit bands, right? Of course. I, I don't want to name any because it'll be insulting. ACDC. Anyways. <laughs> but the thing about an ACDC, well, this isn't a, they had albums with, like, to your point, I believe, they didn't tend to release records that were uh, a consistent theme as much as 10 singles. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so some of those singles were better than other singles. But And then, of course, the last half of their career is two or three hits on a record. Two or three hits on a record. But early on, it's yeah, no, uh, yeah. eight hits on a record. I, I don't say that as a like inherently bad thing, if that makes sense. No, but also there's a difference between a band that is producing singles and a band like Queen like Bowie's bands, like, like, like Led Zeppelin, where you're getting conceptual records that they, are... They take these risks, and they make albums that, like, I again, I can't view any of these songs singly. Mm -mm. Even even for stuff like, uh, I was listening to Beach Boys Pet Sounds a couple weeks ago. It's like, I can't, I don't think I could listen to any of those songs out of context anymore. Because right. for me, what matters so much is the, the context within the album. Right. So I feel that... Uh, I feel David like David Bowie. I can't just listen to like a Bowie's. It's like watching a scene in a movie. It's like you know, yeah. But I I want to. I get caught up and I think like, oh man, I really like the whole album. Right. Correct. Uh, also listen to Hounds of Love by Kate Bush. Nice. Classic. Classic. Nice. Classic. You were on fire this week. Uh yeah, and then and more. I also listened to Leviathan by Mastodon, which is another Excellent. classic. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's like another metal album that I like more conceptually at the very least. <laughs> really? Um, no, that's not true uh, entirely, but it, it was just, I love it. Just talking about Captain Ahab and the white whale <laughs> the whole time, dude, it rules. Uh, and then capping it off, I listened to some uh, Rina Sawayama, both her album Sawayama, which is just fantastic front to back. Just great. And in addition, she put out a version of Chosen Family with Elton John, and it's phenomenal. It's so good. It's, I mean, Elton John has spent the last couple of years kind of just collabing with young artists, and he really brings it all when he does. And I think that's, I mean, his voice just sounds so perfect for the emotion conveyed for who that song is targeted towards. Chosen Pe Family? Yeah. 
for, dude, it's really good. Oh my god, it's beautiful. For, for, right? for people who who have been ostracized from their family and they they have friends that they consider to be their chosen family, like Elton gets it right. Absolutely. It's 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 that that thing where it's just it. He's connecting with young people in a very meaningful way. Right. He, he's well, not like half-assing a, a feature on a track. He's this is real. Right. Who is more um, in tune with where we kind of hope society winds up going than Elton? Exactly. You know, I mean, he you know lived long enough that the the world bended toward him a little bit. You know, good for him. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just had like a day this week where I listened to a bunch of music. Right. And my, my friend recommended Low to me. And he... His friend also, was right. He also listens to Hounds of Love like once a day for the last like two years. Really? <laughs> he loves that album. He loves Kate Bush. Good. He also Good. showed me a weird video of Kate Bush. Um, she was in her home making tea and she's making it. And I'm like, well, this is just like kind of normal. And then she just starts pouring it in cups and it's just overflowing. And just all just constantly she keeps pouring. And I'm like... Is she okay? <laughs> it's just such a moment of like insane, like chaotic insanity. I just couldn't handle it. I was just like, "What? What's what? going on?" Ray, what'd you listen to? Um, I listened to AJJ's "People Who Can Eat People Are the Luckiest People in the World," which is ah, carnivorous. AJJ also stands for Andrew Jackson Jihad. I, again, I, you showed it to me, and I forgot. I always forget <laughs> up until it's like, oh, yeah, what? It's kind of... It's folk punk, right? Right. That's how you describe it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like folk say, punk. I'd Some people call it yeah. anti-folk. Kind of. It's it's. I at least understand where that, that qualifier is coming from. It's very from. bleak, but it's also kind of funny. Just kind of the way he writes. Dude, if you've seen that dude, like play his guitar live he's kind of just like almost breaks his hands <laughs> it's um insane it's good album um i listen to i listen to some of the smiths because i i just i've never really listened to them before and they're very acclaimed um so what do you why, think why 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 is morrissey so talented why? Sometimes life ain't fair, buddy. Why? All that talent. I remember this is pre R. Kelly being put in jail and on trial, right? I'm watching this thing where R. Kelly's like running off greatest hits on BET or whatever, and I'm following my Twitter feed. And the music guy that I, I respect um, said, All that talent in such a ridiculous man. Life is not fair, kids. And we didn't know. We didn't know to what level R. Kelly was at the time, but it's the same thing. A totally different, but with Morrissey, it's like all that talent in such a ridiculous man. It's just life ain't fair, man. Ain't that the truth? I'll take what he's got in his pinky. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) One one thing that really stood out to me was um, uh, Johnny Marr, which is the guitarist, did a. pitchfork collaboration where they do like oh is this overrated or underrated i don't know it's it's kind of a weird series and concept but the, what they get to is morrissey overrated or underrated and and uh, johnny doesn't answer nice because because he just can't bring himself to say that morrissey's overrated <laughs> right right because he probably figures his contributions matter too 
You ho. <laughs> yeah, right, right. KP. Me? But yeah, that's about it. Okay, well, Queen led me into uh, Paul McCartney's Wings, Red Rose Speedway, which you talked about Hotel California last week, so I kind of fell into that on the heels of that. Wound up on Talking Book with Stevie Wonder. Listen to a little Tesla. Listen to this matchup on New Release Morning on my drive home from work. Low Key in Love, The Struts with Paris Jackson. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Danko Jones, Flaunted. I listened to Chosen Family like you did. I listened to some uh, Black Keys record, Crawling Kingsnake. I listened to that... Um, that punk band again, a little bit of a uh, Vetagram Fleet. Wound up listening to Gasoline Alley, Rod Stewart as well, um, along with whatever was on the radio while I was running around. Good week for me though. I really yeah. enjoyed the Queen listen. I listen uh, just a fun week of listening to the radio and all that, and it took me different places. I have, I have a take that I want to I want to put out into the world. I think Elton John's voice might be better now than it ever has been. Wow, I think the opposite. I, I I can't I can't help like I love his older stuff. I guess I haven't listened to like a considerable chunk of it, mostly like greatest hits, just because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Elton John. I don't know, just just the 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 quality of his voice feels so earnest nowadays. It's not as polished as it used to be, but I feel like everything he he, it's just it's powerful. You know? Here's to know. your point though. It's perfect on that song. It's perfect, and the music he. He's such a good songwriter. The music that he writes now fits his voice very, very yeah, well. That, that, that's he, absolutely positive. He utilizes his voice as an instrument in a way that it's just a different instrument for him than it was when he was 20. Yeah. Right? But yeah, it's, absolutely. And he's able to, again, when he does his greatest hits, he's still Elton. He can still Shoot. figure out how to, how to do it right and all that. He's, he's an amazing, you know, amazing performer. I should listen to more Elton John. Is I think the moral of the story here. About a about a summer ago, maybe two, I went through the whole catalog. Just okay. Yeah, and for do that. Matter of fact, yesterday yesterday I scored uh, "Don't Shoot the Piano Player" Elton John, which is a really good record, early record. Um, dude, you can't go wrong listening to, and it's so the whole career up until you get to the eight. All these guys, when you get to the eighties and Things just get weird for all of them. It, it, you know, not bad. It's weird for all of them, right? It was a weird time period, <laughs> right, for right. Everybody. And and I, I actually kind of enjoy '80s radio. Like if I put the radio on at work on '80s, it's just so it's all crazy. Things. All the noises yeah. that come. Like you'll have Rock Me Amadeus along with uh, <laughs> putting on the Ritz right beside. You know, so many. You know, uh, Welcome to the Jungle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's absolutely. like it's so weird. The music of, kind of exploded, right? You had, you know, th- Michael Jackson explodes at the same time. You had all these one-name people. You had Michael, you had Madonna, you had Bruce, you had Elton, you had, uh, you know, it's like all these one-name superstars came to the world. George Michael was a thing. Yes. Wham! That's the name of the band. Yes, Ray. Careless Whispers. Of a good friend. Yes. No, when you, when, just when you said uh, people that got <laughs> weird in the 80s, I was going to make a Neil Young joke. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. Sorry, man. I, I think about careless whispers. It's just Guilty like, feet don't have rhythm. How do you know? I'm just saying. Do you have first-hand experience? Huh? I've always had a little bit of guilt, and so I'm not a very good dancer. That's fair. That's my excuse. That's fair. I feel like if I could lessen the guilt, I would be so free-flowing on the dance floor. 
I think you're right. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything else to add? <laughs> no, all right. No. So next week. Next week, we Billy Joel, The Stranger. Yes. Dude, I just looked at that record because I don't remember the last time I like tried to go through that. And wow, that's going to be a, a good listen. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, you sounded excited. Yes. That was great. Check out the GIN project. Um, the <laughs> G-I-N-N project.com. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. Hate Morrissey. Go home. Wow. I don't think you should ever hate anything. Except, Except for Morrissey. Morrissey. <laughs>